I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. Michelle Grosser here, your master coach. Thanks for being with us today. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to our guest today. Her name is Amanda Walker. You may be familiar with her, but if not, you're in for a treat today. Amanda is someone who I have been admiring from afar, um, really since the start of my interest and work in the personal development space, in coaching and running my own coaching practice. She has this amazing podcast called The Best Damn Coach. And I've been listening to it for a while now. And then a few months ago, uh, an email came across my inbox from Amanda, basically seeing if I'd be interested in exploring having her as a guest on our show. So obviously I said yes, and we recorded this great conversation for you guys, and I can't wait for you to hear it. She's also a certified master coach. 
Um, and she works primarily with other coaches and helping them increase and maximize performance in their lives. She has been coaching for a combined 25 years, you guys. She's been coaching for a minute. She's also a wife and a mom. And we're going to talk about so many things today that I think just cross into different areas of all of our lives. We're going to talk about the connection between our thoughts and our physical health. We're going to talk about imposter syndrome and some strategies for overcoming when that little critical voice pops up in our heads. We're going to talk about excuses and doing things that are uncomfortable and victim mentality um, and steps we can take to get out of our own way. And then one of my favorite parts of our conversation is we talk about how some of these principles, these coaching principles that we talk about a lot here on the show, um, how Amanda has used those in her parenting and how she's um, taught her kids these coaching principles as they've grown. And it, re- it really helped to shift some perspectives for me and really encouraged me on new ways that I can kind of cross over what it is that I teach my clients to things that I can also teach my kids. So enjoy this conversation with Amanda Walker. Today, I'm excited. We have Amanda Walker on the show. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to be with you. I'm like, we could have probably even just kept talking for like hours together before we even started hitting record. So I love when that happens. Yes, yes. It's that um, connection. I think we have a lot of things going on in similar spheres. So it's nice when worlds collide and, and you get for to sure. have that that connection. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of things today. Like I mentioned in the intro, Amanda's mom, wife, business owner, coach. Um, so I definitely want to pick her brain and let you guys hear what she has to share. But before we jump into some of that, just kind of let everyone know maybe a little more about who you are and then the work that you're doing these days in your own words. Sure. I took my first job as a coach. My first ever job was when I was 15. I was coaching peewee basketball, little boys at the time, five and six year olds, which was definitely like a herding cats kind of job. Um, but I like to talk about that moment because I didn't realize it was a catapult into the rest of my life, which has been 25 plus years of coaching in some capacity. I just, I think I realized in that moment how freaking cool it is to be able to use your words and your physiology and, um, and, and watch another human make adjustments and find mm-hmm. success. And that was little boys at the time, but I was like, whoa, how can I keep doing this? And so that led to a series of events. I've, um, it was a teacher formally educated after grad school and, um, taught for 10 years, taught teachers, like CrossFit coach or was, um, I am an NLP coach, hypnosis. I mean, I'll, I hold lots of certifications. Oh, and I don't say that to be vain, but honestly, none of it really matters. <laughs> um, because all the formal education aside, um, I am just super passionate about helping coaches understand that skill and experience breeds success and your ability to lead others to you know a better version of themselves in whatever capacity that is. And so that's what I do now. I help coaches or those that would identify something similar, mentors, leaders, guides, however you call yourself. I think everybody's a coach in some element of their life. Yeah. Um, but I help them really uh, deepen their coaching skill set and also learn how to take that and make a business out of it and make a living. And so I run a community called The Best Sam Coach. We host a podcast called The Best Sam Coach. 
And it just leads me to connect with amazing people like you and um, others and just kind of share whatever I can to help, you know, that continuation of growth for them. Yeah, it's beautiful. What a great way to kind of pour in, like, I guess it's impact and income and all of those things colliding. It's beautiful. Um, believe it or not, I also, when I was in high school, I was in high school, coached a middle school basketball, boys basketball team. As you're saying this, I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. But I used to have this like plaque that I kept on my desk of me with my team when I was like 17 or something. And I don't know, it just had such like an impact on me. You're right. That I just remember and go back those moments of like teaching and tweaking and helping and pointing out and bringing awareness and then kind of seeing the adjustment. So, so that's that's uncanny that we both have that yeah what's um, funnier is i coached high school basketball i've coached junior high basketball um when i was teaching i helped you know i i ran jv and varsity as well and um still those are some of the most powerful coaching memories i have even yeah. doing what i do now especially when you're able to influence younger lives yeah and i think you're so right about coaching too i think it can be one of those labels that maybe it's like um creativity or something like that where we have this idea of what it actually looks like but we don't realize how often we put it into practice like if you're a parent you're a coach (laughs) if you're a parent you're creative I promise you the ways in which you discipline your children or speak to them or try to like all of these different things it requires so all of us are coaches in a sphere in a certain sphere yeah I agree with you 100% um okay let's jump in I want to talk to you a little bit about so I've found I'll, I'll start with myself and I've gotten more aware of this in the last few years, maybe, that I would tend to get into this pattern of using, especially since when I had little kids, of using my kids as not an excuse, but it was just so easy, right? For things that I wouldn't show up in for my business, in my friendships, in my personal life to fall into this trap, I guess, or this pattern of being like, oh, my kids are young or my kids need to stay in their routine or my kids need to go to bed at a certain time. And some of that is true. And I'm not trying to diminish that. But also, I wonder sometimes when we fall into this, I guess it's like a victim mentality, for lack of a better term, um, some ways that we can kind of push past that or push through that or call ourselves out on our own BS um, to make sure that we're not standing in our own way for these callings and these purposings that we have over our lives. Yeah. I mean, just to like go deeper into like some coaching understandings, which I think are relevant is the unconscious mind is wired for paradoxical thinking. So it's Mm -hmm. so much easier to be black or white. I can either do it with the kids or I can't do it at all. Right. It's like, they've got to be a part of it and it's overwhelming or whatever or not. And so it's so easy for our brain just to recruit less energy and um, either choose the black and white, the this or that, um, the all or nothing thinking. And so I think that's really critical in our self-awareness as a parent in general, um, because we're going to see it in our kids too. They're going to either want to do it or not. They either want to go to the party or not. They either want to, you know, try the new thing on the monkey bars or not. And so part of, I think, what breeds success in business building and parenting and wifing and life in general is asking ourselves, like, but what's in between, like, Mm -hmm. that space, right? Using the kids as an excuse or not, like, how can we weave that in? And so I think that's a just part of the the journey and the understanding is this is how our brain works and you're not broken. You just got to figure out, like, how, what do you want in in lieu of that? And then the follow up, you know, what are some ways I would say is, um, 
uh, just another, you know, component of teaching that I love. And I think this is probably one of the greatest gifts I could give anybody as a coach. And I teach in all my programs. I want my coaches to be able to know about their clients is that we're either in a living in a state of cause or we're living in a state of effect. Yeah. And so cause means I'm taking ownership. I'm a problem solver. Um, and effect means like I am a victim. Oh, I have kids. Like I can't be present. Um, the kids are so demanding, right? And there's no problem solving. And so if you find yourself constantly saying it's the kids or defaulting to some, you know, iteration of that, mm -hmm. the self coaching question that I think is so valuable is what, but what do you want instead? Yeah. What do you want instead of the kids always being a problem for you? And so what that does is it puts you back into a state of cause where you're just constantly redirecting your energy towards being the problem solver and the, and the negotiator of your life instead of feeling like a victim to the circumstances. Yeah, the accountability that's found within that, right? And then the, I guess that the um, invitation to make a decision about what, what actually is important or where do you want to show up. Um, we kind of started talking about your history in basketball coaching. I know you have a background also in like CrossFit and nutrition. Talk to us a little bit about the intersection um, between our thoughts and our mindsets and then how that shows up in our mental health, our emotional health and our physical health. Yeah, for sure. I first have to say that I've been like a muscle through life kind of girl for yeah. probably around 30-ish years of my <laughs> life. It was like, if I want to, I'm high achiever, I'm a, you know, a major action taker. Um and what I realized, though, there's this underground space that I hadn't quite developed self-awareness or emotional intelligence around to understand that I could work smarter and not harder sometimes. And mm -hmm. that really began, um, you know, diving into the thought work. Truthfully, I didn't set out ever to be an entrepreneur. I thought I was going to be a teacher forever. And then I had my second baby and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Right. This is you know, at the time I was making $623 every other week because I was part-time by that time teaching high school about half, a little over half the day. My husband was on the SWAT team. So we were basically doing this like, you know, changing of the guard in the afternoon as I was coming home and he was heading into shift and he could go take an OT, an overtime shift and make as much, in, you know, in a few hours as I was in a week. And so we had to reevaluate that. So I left. We literally sold a truck. We went down to one car. I was riding my bike places and he was riding. Whoever didn't have the kids was riding a bike. Like talk about, you know, a humbling journey because there was belief for me that something would come of it. Like all the skills that I had developed um, would pan out into some way. And there's a reason I'm sharing this. Yeah. We'll get back to the thought work. But yeah. Um, and so then I stumbled into running a, a health and nutrition business primarily in the beginning uh, because of my own journey, I had suffered many miscarriages throughout our pregnancy journey. And I kind of, with my first baby, I was like, I'm going to sit on the couch and eat bonbons mm. and grow a baby. And <laughs> so I gained 75 pounds Same. and kind of was like, what the heck happened to my body? And then had another one was kind of like, oh my goodness. And so I felt like, you know, like so many of us ladies at the end of the journey, completely lost, like in this alien body and wanting to reclaim some sort of identity piece. And so through my own journey, my coach actually brought me on because she knew my background in science. And um, I interned with her and that's kind of where business just fell into me. And so I grew this from scratch business with no marketing or, you know, any experience into seven figure practice. And as I started helping people specifically health and weight loss, what I started noticing though was there's so much more to this that worked for some clients, just surface level nutritional, uh, you know, weight loss work, more habit stuff. 
what I noticed though, that there, there had to be like more and that just headed me right into understanding adherence, you know, behaviors, human behavior work, so much, you know, social and emotional learning. And so for me, this was the eye-opening space where I realized that, you know, our thoughts are actually the primary place where we curate results in our life. But nobody taught me that as a child. And the majority, like 90% of my clients don't know that. And so how are we at this place in life where we're missing this information? And so for me, thoughts are the catalyst, right? Thoughts, when we think about something, we feel that an emotion attached to it. And you may or may not realize that you take action based on feeling. And what better way to take action based on really awesome feelings than really crappy ones? And so um, for me, this was like, you know, a catalyst to weave so much diversity and different tool, you know, tools into my coaching practice over time. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a lot of the work that we do on this podcast too. It's like, I think so many times I hear women and people in our audience come through and they're like, man, I, I don't want to yell at my kids anymore. Or like, I know I don't want to show up in this way, or I'm feeling like I'm always anxious or irritable or on edge or whatever. And it's like, kind of what, to what you're saying, it's like when we want to see change, the root level of that, our thoughts, right? But even beneath that, it's like our nervous system. Like if we want to yeah. see any change, we've got to get our nervous system on board. Um, and the connection between the things that we're thinking and then the things that we're feeling and then how that's driving our behaviors is, is so powerful. Yeah. If you can get that triad, thought, feeling, action, like if you can just find support or slow down enough and create practices, I mean, it's a game changer. It literally yeah. changes everything that you do. You see the world through a different lens. And, um, I think sometimes the word mindset is a little fluffified and very, um, generalized and people don't really understand that word. It's, it's just so trendy. Um, and I, and I think for good reason, to be honest. However, I think it can be very tangible too. Um, and not so high up in the clouds. And for me, that triad is such a game changer for my clients. And then for my coaches to be able to help their clients lock in that awareness is, it curates just a higher level of results, results all around. Yeah, I agree. I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You Maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news 
is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern. And then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two minute personality pattern quiz. So for the people listening that are like, okay, I'm aware I have this thing, this pattern or whatever it is going on that I want to do something about it. I've listened to the podcast and bought the books and bought the courses, but I'm really struggling with this third part of like putting any of that into action. What kind of things do you think you would tell them or what kind of things might be helpful for those people that feel stuck on that, that third step? Like I'm aware of all this stuff, but I find myself really facing what I'm perceiving as either resistance or just like procrastination or feeling stuck or avoiding it. Um, and I'm not seeing the change that I want. I mean, this is why we are in an obesity epidemic. This is why we're in a mental health crisis is there's no shortage of information. It's the implementation. And what I, I mean, it boils down for me to things is time. As a culture, I think we treat time as though it is um, an infinite resource over money, which is a scarce resource. And it's really the opposite. (laughs) We can make more money. We can honestly, money is like, literally we make it. Uh, We cannot do that with time. And so um, just creating this space to even take five minutes and just begin to connect. And I would ask myself, like, why the heck am I not doing it? Like, yeah. why am I not doing this? And just listen to yourself for just a minute and see if you can glean any information to, to figure out why that is for you specifically, because that answer is going to be different for, for every person. Yeah. Um, and the second thing is, I mean, this is like a shameless plug because of who I work with and coach, but this is why we, why we have coaches and mentors in our life is when we're not able to find direct for me, when you're paying for, let's say a one-to-one coach, you're paying for that accountability, the implementation and proximity. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if you join a group program, right, where you're in a like-minded collective of of people that are trying to accomplish same things, both are valuable ways to just hold space and accountability to implementation. If we're struggling to do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think that's so wise. And that first point you bring up about checking in with ourselves and really getting curious about what might be going on there beneath the surface. In order for us to do that, when you talk about time, we have to slow down. Like we can actually make the space, right, to check in when we're still going 100 miles an hour. And I'm curious, as I hear about your story about being someone who was like super action taker, pushing through all of this stuff, if you can tell us a little bit maybe about the transition from doing all of the time to some of the being and the slowness and the different energy that it takes, I'm sure to run a seven figure business the way that you have without burning out, right? Um, To be able to do the work that you do without burning out. Like how was that initially? And then how did, how did you kind of finesse that transition? I'm curious. Initially I have this this story to share around it. I remember I went on my first retreat. So I hired my first quote unquote business coach, like a couple years in, I was struggling. I was struggling to find the vision of growth. Um, and I was growing pretty rapidly and the management, all the things. Um, and really what I hired was somebody to teach me like that, what you just asked, the slow down, be, be intentional. And I'm so grateful for her. But I remember I was at my first retreat and she was like, okay, we're going to start with the meditation. Never meditated in my life, never sat still enough. And so we go through and she's walking us through this meditation. We're live. We're actually like in this kind of sterile conference room. Um, so I was already kind of like, mm, this is weird. I'm in Sedona, but I'm in like this weird conference room. I was, I was, everybody was in like, you know, I, I would not to generalize, but maybe to say more, um, 
earth connected clothing and attire. <laughs> and here I am in like my sporty gear, you know, and um, so she walks us through this practice. And I just remember the whole time I'm like, okay, and what are the kids doing right now? And I hope Justin like remembers to vacuum. And I hope that, and what are they, are they looking at it? Like, it's like, you know, like the Rolodex. Um, and then, um, and then I was like, okay, like, just be here, just be here right now. Like, what can you do? So I remember really fighting it in the beginning. And I swear the meditation was like 35 minutes long. And finally, I was just aware of my thoughts, right? Instead of thinking the thoughts, I was at least aware that the thoughts were happening. And I wasn't connecting necessarily to what she was saying. But I remember afterwards, everybody started sharing and people were like, I was in this fire and the flames were dancing around me. And they were like sharing these this imagery, right? These internal representations that they had. And I, I was the very last one. And I, I totally swore, but I was like, I don't know what the heck you guys are all talking about. Like, I didn't see a dang thing. Like, and I said, I'm not sure if this is like, if I'm supposed to be here. And she was like, so grateful. And she said, we're going to do it. We're going to loop it back. And this time when we sit back, um, all I want you to do is I want you to call in a picture of the person you love the most, which for me was my kids. And I just want you to feel what that feels in that moment to feel that love mm. for your children. And, um, well, she asked me, I think it's, I was like, Oh, my kids. And she's like, okay, I just want you to like bring them up and just visualize that picture. And I just remember after I was sobbing and I share that story because I think this is what we all really are craving is that deep sense of slow down and our ability, like nothing changed. I just connected to a new feeling and that is available to us any moment, yeah. um, in any hour and any day. I don't have to make more money. My kids don't have to change. I don't have to be a quote unquote better mother. None of that mm -hmm. has to change for me to feel different in my life in an instant. And that was the first time for me, I actually was. I started to realize that feelings were driving the ship in my life a little bit more and I had control over them more than I thought. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's really for me is it started there. And then when I had that dose, I started asking myself, what's the tangible way I can weave this in? And so for me, I mean, again, it's so cliche, but like a morning routine practice changed my life. Yes. And it started very simple. It was five minutes where I would come into my office and I would just sit and I would play like soft music and do nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and I would have to set a timer to be honest, because I resisted even five minutes and then it's grown mm -hmm. and it's expanded. And now I obviously see a much clearer picture of it. And so that's really for me where it's begun. And now I love, I mean, I go to meditative practices. I weave it in every day. I teach mm -hmm. it. I mean, I'm NLP and hypnosis certified. So there's things that have just been part of that, that have led to see the, the, the ability and I'm still a CrossFitter and I still take action and all those things, but you can be both things. Yes, you can. And I just love you talking about, um, how uncomfortable it can be when it's new, because I think a lot of people think like, okay, there's something wrong with me. Or like, I just can't meditate. Right. Or I'm just so many people like, say that. Yeah. It's like, no, we are just really, really good at staying busy all the time. And <laughs> we've been doing it for 30 something years. So I love it. Start with a few minutes. Sometimes I'm like, just start with 30 seconds. See if you can start with 30 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll see the impact. There's a ripple effect throughout the day. Yeah. So what are some other things I would love to hear even just a little bit about your, your, your um, morning routine now, because I agree like that's something that I coach about a lot is like, man, if you can just wake up like 20 minutes before your kids, especially if they're younger and have that space 
for yourself um, before you have to give to everyone else. And I think it's such a practice also of receiving. And I think as women, and I think especially as moms, that's something that tends to come up a lot is like, we're so uncomfortable receiving. Um, and I wonder what your thoughts are on that and a little bit more about maybe other practices that you have throughout the day to kind of catch yourself when you're tempted to get caught up in like all of the doing. Yeah. And there's lots of layers to this. Um, I agree with you. I think that, you know, it, it, five minutes, an earlier alarm by five minutes is really fantastic. Even better is 10, even better is 15, 20. Um, and also a morning routine doesn't have to be in the morning. It could be during a nap time in the afternoon, if your kids are little or in an evening practice, it's really about just creating that consistent space to show up for yourself and receive the time uninterrupted and remind yourself that, you know, you are, you are gifting yourself this space so that you can show up the way that you desire and all the other, you know, roles that you fulfill in life. Um, and it's okay to shut the door and lock it. And I think that the rest of your family finds extreme value in that, that may not be like ROI you expected. Mm -hmm. The kids having to understand that not everything in life is immediate gratification. Sometimes they have to wait. Or about Um, them. Or about them. Yeah, really well said. (laughs) Um, And it also, you know, for me, um, like my husband found, saw the value in when I made that space, who I became in that process. And so he will just like nowadays, he'll just softly tiptoe and like bring me coffee. He has a thing. Mm-hmm. He makes my coffee every day. It's like his brain uh, piece, long story, but, um, <laughs> and, or if the door is locked, he like gets it right. That space. So yeah. all that to say, you know, find a way that it fits into your life. And my practice now is, um, well, it's a little more scattered right now because we're in the summertime. So, um, but when the kids are in school, I find that I just am more routine because obviously I align with their their school schedule. But mm-hmm. I'm a red light therapy person, so I have a red light, a photon in my office. And so mm-hmm. I love feeling like that warmth and energy. I typically start my day. I read 10 pages of a book a day. Yeah. Um, and I've been on that like binge, binge, binge book thing and then like the opposite. And I found that 10 pages for me is just a great sweet spot. Um, and then I typically do some sort of devotional prayer um, and meditation or visualization kind of practice after I do the readings and just kind of sit with whatever those readings are. Or if there's something big at work I'm working on, my time and energy might be spent there. This, I have a speaking event tomorrow before we, as we're recording this. So my time today was just like visualizing the success around that and what that looks like. And so that's independent of fitness or anything like that. And that practice is what, 20 minutes or something like that. Yeah. I love that. It's powerful. It's powerful when we're able to do that. I was, um, listening to something yesterday. And I think we hear often this idea of like, um, we want to make sure that we're like pouring from a full cup that we fill our cups or our kids. And I was reading something and this woman was saying, I don't don't remember who she was. I'll try to put in the show notes because I want to give her credit for it. But um, she said something like, I only give from my saucer. And I was like, oh, that's such a good visual. Like you see the saucer under the cup and it's only what's spilling out from what she has into the saucer that she'll pour from. Um, and I think it can be tempting, especially with our kids or families to kind of get that a little bit backwards and not only so that we show up better for them, but I love that your kids and your husband have come to see that. Yeah, they benefit from it, but it's also like Michelle and Amanda as human beings also deserve to have full cups. It's not just so I can be of service to someone else, but it's because I deserve that experience also. 
Um, yes, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I would love to hear as we kind of wind it down so many years in coaching for you, so many things that you've learned and teach others. And I'm curious and would love to hear a little bit about maybe some of the things that you found to be most profound or like really special that you've kind of crossed from the coaching world and taught your, your own children, whether it's like mindset stuff or just practices or just the things that you intentionally model for them. Um, I think our audience would be interested to hear that. Mm, those are great. That's a great question because I'm, I, I mean, I'm thinking about this consistently. In fact, I find it really hard to take my coach hat off when I'm parenting mm-hmm. and it's hard not to dip those strategies in and yeah. into it. So I kind of mentioned one, but I'll put it in the context of kids is helping my kids live a life at cause. Um, is something I really, I'm extremely passionate and and my husband too is just live. I think there in general is a lack of ownership in our culture currently. Um, and so I want my kids to know that they are 100% control in control of their reality. And so, um, if I find, for instance, my son, he had like a year where the playground football experience at recess was pretty intense and it Mm -hmm. seemed to be pretty common that he would come home and people were too rough or not playing by the rules or had told him he was, you know, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. typical, um, and so he would get into this complaining place and he was definitely what I, you know, would say is in effect, right? A victim. And so the simple question again is, well, what do you want instead of that on the playground tomorrow? And so I'm constantly pushing him and driving into him to the visionary experience of taking control of how he wants the outcome to be. And so that's happening constantly, you know, in our house. Um, my husband will call me on that. I will call him on that. That's just mm-hmm. in general a practice. Yeah. Um, that we, you know, have really found extremely beneficial and I hope, you know, pays off. Yes. Um, I also love the notion of the love, truth, love sandwich. Yep. And how we try to parent, um, is really always leading when we're going to, we need to have a hard conversation or bring a reality mm-hmm. to the table is lead with love, insert the thing that needs shifted or changed or the truth that they need to hear. And then always tie it up with some sort of love too, so that there's always this feeling um, of, you know, empathy and compassion. And that love feels completely unconditional, even when, you know, we're imperfect or we're struggling, um, in some capacity. Uh, and I do that with clients when I'm providing feedback, like, I love how you did this thing. And what if you maybe thought about doing something like this here? Um, because I love when you show up, like, you know, whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it sounds like, but, um, it's a that's- great structure. And like, when you, I was actually, it's so funny. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was reading my devotional in the morning and I was like, truth and love are inextricably tied. Like you can't have truth without love. You can't have love without truth. But I love the sandwich idea because you can deliver both, right? And have a structure to do it. And yeah. it feels loving, but you need to have both. And if you're a leader in, a, in an office or, you know, anywhere in any, any leadership role, which I would say parenting is a leadership role. Yep. Um, this is just a great practice to be a really well-respected leader, mm-hmm. uh, to, to weave into the way you provide feedback and the way you interact with anybody that, you know, you're serving over. Um, see other coaching. I, I, I will say that on a higher level, um, using a lot of my visualization, like kind of practices and techniques and hypnosis techniques, mm-hmm. we definitely align directly to their performance in sports. And so to be able to do use some techniques to help them visualize success or on a test or, you know, on something that they're going to be presenting on a project or something is 
to be able to sit down with them for two minutes and just take the time to like pull the nervous system back in check, relax, visualize. And again, through that visualization, again, put them in that positive performance place of being in at a causal state for the results. Um, It's definitely been really fun. Yeah. And I'm sure so rewarding as they're getting older now watching them do these things on their own. Wow. And they go through these resistance states where they're like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. (laughs) And then I always just like to say, and then occasionally they're like, mom, will you just do the um, one thing for me? Will you do the golden ring or will you just help me visualize the touchdown or whatever the the thing is? So um, it's really fun. You're like, I got you. Yep. (laughs) I love that. That's really special. Man, um, well, thank you. Thanks for thanks for being here, sharing all of this with us. I'm sure that everyone listening is like, it's that beautiful. It, it's 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 been a love truth love sandwich, right? It's like an opportunity for us to all um raise our level of accountability and responsibility and step into action. Um, but also with so much with so much love. So I appreciate that. Um, let everyone know how they can connect with you. You mentioned your podcast, but let them know where you hang out if they want more. Yeah, for sure. The podcast is a great place um, to start. If you run an online kind of service-based business, there's juice for you there, even if you don't call yourself a coach. Yes. Um, and the title is Best Damn Coach. And then I hang out mostly on Instagram. Um, my handle there is a walk my way. That's a great place to send me a message, follow along. I share content that's going to help you personally grow and also grow you know, your business as a practitioner in some capacity. So those are the best places to connect. Awesome. We will link all of those in the show notes. Um, thanks again for being with us today. Appreciate you. Yeah, this is so awesome. Thank you. I love being able to have the space to really talk about parenting um, a lot. I don't often have that conversation. So thank you. If you love mommy's podcast, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.